All right, good morning, gentlemen. Bokatsov. Last uh, week we mentioned what the Rambam writes that a person who is a Talmud, a person who learns Chokhmah, person who learns Torah. If you take away learning from him, he will feel pain like Mita. And we explained how that works. We said that really a lack of Chokhmah is a tremendous pain that Hashem numbs the person not to feel that pain. The consequences, though, will come. It's only a matter of time. And a person who chose to start learning and using his time and becomes a mevakesh of Chokhmah, becomes a person who values Chokhmah. But that person, since he no longer needs to be numbed because he chose to learn, even though he was numb to the need. So that person now, his feelings about Chokhmah are active. Like a person who doesn't eat, feels the pain. If he doesn't have learning, he feels the pain. So our good friend Abraham asked, So Bishlama, you're learning Musar. You're learning Derech Eretz. You're learning how to live life. So this clearly is a life without that kind of wisdom is a mitat. If you don't know how to talk to people, it's going to hurt all your relationships. Mita. You don't know how to be married. You don't know how to raise a child. So when you're talking about things, that are going to be applicable in your daily life. So we understand, if you don't have chokhmah, so you're going to have a tremendous amount of pain. Bishlama, mido, derecheretz, of things of that nature, we understand. Why the lack of chokhmah would feel like death. But he says, what about learning? Atosvot in Masechet Baba Metziad is discussing a diyuk in the Mishnah. Is the diyuk this way? Is the diyuk that way? What about a sugya that talks about a situation that hardly ever arises in life? He's saying that kind of Torah, that kind of Chokhmah, what is the absence of that kind of Chokhmah feel like Mita as well. That's Avi's question. I feel it is a valid question. Why is learning a sugya in, in Menachot? Why is that considered supplying me? And the lack of it would be considered Mita. So I think there are a few things to keep in mind so we could 
answer such a thoughtful question? I think one simple explanation is that Chokhmah is basically trying to reach the emet in every life situation. That's what Chokhmah is. Chokhmah is the ability to reach what is the emet for this situation. How many life situations are there? Endless. Every situation is unique. Every person is unique. Everybody's got different circumstances that brought about that situation. Each person grew up differently. Look at the people here. How many people in this room grew up exactly the same? Not one, not even close. A different mother, a different father, different dynamics. So everyone's got their own story in life. So how many situations in life are there? Endless. And the job of a hacham is to know the emet of that situation. Problem is there's no shulchan aruch in that situation because the halachot of life are endless. The challenges are endless. The situations are endless. There's no book that can carry all of your life situations that you're going to be able to reference when you read a book. Not like that. It's not like you can open Sha'ala Ruka and walk around with it and say, okay, well, okay. the emet now is I got to do this. I got to react like this. I shouldn't be going here. I should go there, but only this way. I should only here be here for 30 seconds. Or I shouldn't be here at all. Or maybe I got to be here for 30 seconds and come back in three hours and come back for another 30 seconds. This is an endless hajwanot. Endless hajwanot. In every life situation. There's no, hand, there's no handbook for that. So no matter how many rules you learn in life, you'll never be able to have all the rules. Because the same way situations are endless, the rules are endless. So how does one get the chukmat hayim? How does one get the chukmah of life when the rules of life are endless? Seems to be an impossible challenge. So the truth is, later on in this paragraph, he says that Hashem gave every person the chokhmah that he needs for life. Interesting. It makes sense, by the way. It makes sense that a general would not send a soldier into a situation in a war if the soldier isn't equipped. It makes sense that if Hashem put me in my family and put me in my 
surroundings and the time in history that he placed me and all the gifts he gave me, all the things that I'm lacking. So many unique things about each one of us. Only one like you. There's only been one like you from the time Adam was created. Hashem gave each person the capabilities and the chokhmah that he will need for his own life. To help others, maybe not. Maybe that you need to have more from external, perhaps. But for your own life decisions, Hashem equipped every person with the chokhmah that he will need for life. So again, the same way he thought about where to put you, which family, which country, which time, which number sibling should you be? Should you be the first or the last? That's a, you should know, growing up as the Bechor and growing up as the youngest is a whole different experience of life. It's a whole different upbringing. You grew up being the oldest or the youngest, it's completely different. Middle is different. So he chose which family, where in the family you'll fit, the economics of the family, and all the endless details that we don't have time to discuss. Everything was thought about when they put you. Well, the same way they gave you all those things, the reason why they gave you those things, I'm not sure which one came first. In Hashem's world, there's no coming first, there's no first or second. In our world, we can say, who came first? But in our world, we can ask, who came first? Did he give you the situation and supply you with the ability? Or did you have the ability and he gave you the situation based on your ability? That's a human question. In Hashem's world, there's no first or second. It's all the same. It's all one. A bottom line is Hashem would not put me in my world unless He equipped me with the chokhmah of knowing the emet in every one of my life situations so I could live a perfect life. That's not a big hidush, by the way. Logic, simple. Accusing the Creator of the world of anything less would be accusing some human of something that would be ridiculous. Accusing a general of not giving bullets to a guy who has a gun is uh, not nice. It's uh, demeaning, even to a human being. To, to, to accuse the creator of the world of sending a person down here with all of his unique life situations and challenges and not giving him the bullets and the ability to go through each one would be considered very degrading of the creator of the world. It's obvious. That's what I'm saying. It's not a big heydush, what I'm saying. It's very simple. What he's saying is not a big heydush. Maybe something that we haven't heard before or maybe something we haven't seen so we can't imagine it. That's something else. But mitzad, the logic of it, 
uh, it's obvious, of course. Why would Hashem put us in a world that we can't have the ability to do anything? In the words of the Derek Etz Hayim, he calls this Yedi'ah, this knowledge or this ability, he calls it like a Gahelet. You know what Gahelet is? A coal. Meaning all the Chokhmah you need in your life, he compares it to a coal. What's unique about a coal? What does that do to Chokhmah? Well, a coal, when you look at it from its simple existence, you just see a black piece of material. Someone will tell you, in that coal, you can get heat, you can get fire, get light, get energy. One would say, where? In the coal. I see a piece of coal. What are you talking? But if you would stoke the coal, you would start to put a little fire to it. All of a sudden, you see from within the coal tremendous energy that may burn for minutes, sometimes hours, depending on the size of the coal. All that fire and heat and light, where did it come from? From that coal, all that energy came out. Who would have known? If the coal sits without anyone putting any kind of ignition, without igniting it, so all that energy inside would be completely unnoticed and irrelevant. Says the Ramhal that Hashem gave us the wisdom for life. We have the chokhmah of life in our minds. Hashem gave it to us already. But it's like a coal. Closed, he calls it. Segura kagahelet. He said it's closed like a coal. Just like a coal, the coal has the energy inside closed. So to our wisdom... Our Chokhmat Hayim is closed. But when we start to blow on the cold, in the Chokhmat cold, it means when you start to use your mind, when you start to use your brain, in what way are you using your brain? Specifically, to find the Emet. When you start to use your mind to look for the emet in everything that you see in life, that's called thinking. Thinking doesn't just mean, are you thinking about it being sunny right now or are you thinking about the rain that might go? When we talk about thinking, we're talking about thinking in the sense of reaching the emet 
in any given thing that you see in life or that you learn in life. That's called stoking the coals. It's called fanning the coals. When your mind is involved in understanding the emet of what the Mishnah says, what the Mishnah means, you can make this diyuk, says Tosfot. Okay, oh, ah, yes, true. Wow, that's emet. What a diyuk. And just as you're convinced that that's the emet, Tosfot says, but wait, what about that diyuk? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, that's the emet. But that's the opposite diyuk. They can't both be emet. They're a problem. Let's figure out how they can be emit and coexist. Or maybe not. But what about the question after you gave the answer? You know, that question is a huge question. Your answer basically is out the window. So whatever thought you thought was emit, now you got a question on it. If you got a question on it, that means not emit. So either you got to recalculate, Cover a new answer, or maybe show why the question is not really a question. Oh, it's different. Oh, that's the MA. Oh, wow, beautiful. That's the MA. When a person learns Torah, of course, there are other, there are other things also. I don't want to just uh, to condense it down to this. But one of the big achievements in learning, no matter what you're learning, no matter what subject you're learning. Because the subjects of life are endless. There isn't a subject that you can conquer and have it and be able to live life. The subjects are endless. No matter what the subject is, if your mind becomes a Torah mind, what is a Torah mind? I don't mean knowledge of Torah. A Torah mind, I mean a mind that thinks in the way of emet. That you start learning, you know, when you were learning in fifth grade or sixth grade, you started learning Mishnayot or Gemara. They taught you, Elu Metziot Jelo, Elu Hayav Leachlis. And you started learning at a very simple level. Whatever they said, you accepted, you understood it. Someone tells you, do you understand the Gemara? Yeah, I understand it. Very easy. God, you learned it. But then as you grow older, you start realizing the way is, there's more to it. That, that what you thought. There's so much more to what you read. And hopefully as you get a little more aware, you start to ask more questions. And it could be that in 20 years from now, you open up Elu Metziot and you haven't seen it in 20 years. You haven't seen Elu Metziot in 20 years. You learned many other Masechtot. Uh, but the last time you opened Elu Metziot was in 6th grade. When you start opening Elu Metziot, all of a sudden, the Gemara is all different Gemara. Not because you learned it. 
because you now have a Torah mind. A Torah mind thinks different. All of a sudden you see a Mishnah, what are you talking about? How could that be? What do you mean? You see that she said, what, why do you say that? You never even thought to ask that question when you learned in sixth grade. The information is all the same. But your mind became a Torah mind. That's why the more you learn, the more you start to understand. I've seen miracles of people who supposedly didn't have a good mind and good head and they would never be able to learn because they're so weak. But when they applied to themselves to learning Torah, yes, when they started, their friend and them, one guy was able to get it right away and one didn't get it right away. But a Torah mind is not about getting it right away. It's not what it is. A Torah mind is being able to dig, to uncover the emet. That takes constant work. It's one sugya after the other. It's one question after the other. That's why learning ayun is so critical. In the world of Bekiyut, you don't get that. Learning ayun makes you a thinker. It allows you to learn how to uncover the emet in the coal of your heart. It doesn't matter what sugya you're learning. It doesn't matter the subject. It doesn't matter where is the problem, the Mishnah is the problem, the Rashbah is the problem, the Pnei Yoshua is the problem of Yaakiva Eger. It doesn't matter where the problem is. Because the truth needs to come out from any place. If Yaakiva Eger is the truth, so we have to go and see why. Did he say that? You could spend three weeks on a Ricky Vega trying to understand what's the Amit. Because what he said didn't look like the Amit. It'll take you three weeks to understand why it is Amit. Oh, beautiful. What did I gain in my life if I understood that a Ricky Vega after three weeks is Amit? But Allaha. In Shahidat Kadashim, how did that give you Hukmat Hayim? It gave you something better than Hukmat Hayim. It gave you a Torah mind. With a Torah mind, you start to unleash all the wisdom for your own life that Hashem already gave you. You have no access to it. So, learning Torah. With clarity, one question after another, one proof after another, wherever it is in Torah, is considered the highest level of Chokhmat Hayim. Yes, yes, you can learn in Sugya in Kadashim, and you could learn now how to see something different than before. It could help you become a better person. Yes, it can. Because 
when you see now a person, you start to think. Yes, if you think Torah is only in the books, you won't think. True. There are people who just learn Torah when they learn. But they, they don't learn Tosfot in everyday life. They leave Tosfot in the Gemara and they close the book and then Tosfot's finished. Their Torah mind, they use it only when the books are open or when they're learning in the street. But they don't realize that Torah mind needs to be open 24-7. Every person you meet is a Torah mind question. What is that guy doing? Why is he doing that? What does he really want? What is he really saying? What does he need from me right now? You know, there are people that need something from you right now. You see them, they need something. And if you know what they needed, you'd be able to give it to them. Because that's the emet. If someone needs you, you give it to him. The emet, the guy is begging you for dollars because he's about to die. You wouldn't give him a dollar? Of course you would. When someone needs you, and you know they need you, and you can help, of course you do it. But if you left your Tosfot in the Gemara, you don't use it in life. You don't understand how your Tosafot is active even when you see your mother and father, when you're dealing with your siblings. Everywhere you take it with you. Who could have imagined the Tosfot I learned in the morning in Masachet Abu Dazara can help me raise my son. Of course it can. But again, if you think Gemara and Torah is only in the books, so then it won't help you in life. But if you take your Gemara and you take your Tosafot and you take that mindset and you start to use it everywhere, with everyone that you see in every situation. You're going to start unleashing the tremendous chokhmah Hashem gave every one of us. That unless you open it, it's not going to be realized. It's unrealized potential. This is the koah of learning Torah and especially learning Bayun. Learning Bayun doesn't mean learning crazy Svarot or reaching for Hidushim in Shamaim. It doesn't mean that. Some people are very excited about that. When they're all over the place. When they learn a, a, a Hidush that's really doesn't seem to be like Emet. That's not so exciting. It may be exciting for the mind. But in the world of emet, the most exciting thing is that you are able to get clarity. Clarity in the Heshbon. Heshbon Gemara. What was he saying? What did he mean? How does that fit with this? What can we think of a Hiluk? Not to talk in Shamaim. Because very often when we talk in Shamaim, not really a, a, a journey of the truth. Is the journey of exciting ideas. To understand what it says. Why? To understand what could be behind it. What could be the study behind it. What could be the logic behind it. 
But you got to be grounded. Because you have one mission. The mission is to search for the emet, not to bring excitement into your learning. To bring emet into your learning. And you'll realize that that's the most excitement. Nothing more exciting than to understand what Rashi meant. Because when you first read it, you didn't understand what he means. And all of a sudden, after you're thinking and you're, and you're understanding, all of a sudden you, you see a whole new Rashi. That's called emet. Unfortunately, yes, some people do learn and don't have that mindset even in the Gemara. Forget outside the Gemara. Even in the Gemara, they're looking for the, for the great Hidushin, they're looking for the raid on the subject. Where's the raid? Where, where's? They start with the Aharonim. They open up first Rav Chaim and then they start. Chaim already is great. Chaim is dead of learning. Is this? This is his learning. But even Rav Chaim had to start with the Gemara. He had to develop a thought. He had to learn it well without any outside interference. He had to take it and start developing it. Have questions, his own questions. And then start seeing Tosvot. Oh, Tosvot had the same question I had. Oh, but they gave a different answer. Why? What was wrong with my answer? Oh, wow. Toso must hold that my answer doesn't work because, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Then you opened the Rashbah and he gave my answer. Oh, wow. So what, what, why did he like those ones? And then after developing real Gemara, Rashi, Tosafot, Rishonim, when you work on that and really get to the bottom, emet, you start seeing a whole new world. If you open the game looking for exciting smarot or exciting ideas of how to connect things that not necessarily are connected, it may feel exciting, but it's not doing the job of this. Because searching for emet is a tremendous ability of the human that will uncover the hafmat hayim and everything in life. You start seeing the emet in everything. So when you learn Torah, Torah emet, again, God forbid, hasbe shalom, am I limiting the Torah learning just to this? Torah learning is kadosh. Torah learning is fire. Torah learning is ahavat Hashem. Torah learning is a lot more than that. But yes, it's also this. It's also giving you chokhmat hayim. So long as when you learn, you're always learning to find the emet. And you spend time looking for the emet. And you take the gemara mind into your life. And you start seeing everything with the same mindset. Why is he wearing that? Why do I wear that? Why did he just say that? Why do I say that? Where did I get this from? Why did I just react like that? Why did I just get angry? What happened? Why am I getting angry all the time? Why did he get angry? All of a sudden you take your Gemara and you see it alive 
Not only in the Masechtot. You see it alive in every Masechet in your life. And the Chokhmah and the answers are all there already. But you need to be able to have the right mind to be able to pick them up. I think that's it for today. We'll see you next time, Be'ezad Hashem.